Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. Have you ever had regrets or wished you could go back in time? I mean, they've created movies on this, uh, many different movies. And today's episode, we're, we're going to learn there are different ways to really approach how we think about the past, the present, and, and the future. And so once again, Dr. Rhoda is here, and uh, she, she's going to share some really uh, meaningful, impactful takeaways. Yeah. As you mentioned, Professor Marty, the... Many of us are carrying around regrets and misery from things that have happened in the past. It's natural. It's absolutely natural. The thinking mind likes to ponder what could have been different, and we sit there and ruminate on things. However, in reality, we all know that we're just not able to change the past. What's happened has happened. And as we spend time ruminating about the past, then our mind is not free to live today or plan for tomorrow. So as Christians, you and I know that we fall short of what God expects. We mess up. I mess up every single day. And yet his mercies are new every morning. You know, we're, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have accidents. Things aren't going to go our way. Uh, and that's just normal. You know, when it comes to falling short of God's will, one of my favorite pieces of scripture, pictures in scripture, in Psalm 103, there's a passage that says, he has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. So can you envision a globe from, uh, like a globe of the world from your elementary classroom, like that physical round globe, right? If you think about the North Pole and the South Pole, there are finite points, right? If you're at the North Pole and you start traveling south, there comes a point in time when you're no longer traveling south, you're now traveling north again, right? East and West don't have finite points. If you start out on the East Coast and you go east all the way around the world, you're still going east. East and West never meet. I don't know if this is what God intended, but I think it's a beautiful picture. He's removed your sins as far as the East is from the West. If you have asked for forgiveness, you can know that God has forgiven it. He's never going to bring it up again. Uh, it's, it's gone. And if you've asked for forgiveness and you're still being plagued, where do you think that that might be coming from? I think it's oftentimes the father of lies, right? The father of doubt and deception. Did God really say? Satan likes to plant doubt. And that is what he did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden by saying, you know, did God really say? And so he's removed your sins. They are gone, never to be brought up again. And so we can have that peace. We can have that comfort. We can share that with other people. Right? We can forgive other people and then just not bring it up again. But, you know, Satan does like to plant that doubt, that seed of doubt. This is a, a great example to me of how Satan works. God told Adam and Eve that they could eat from any of the trees in the Garden of Eden except for one. Right? Everything was open. Everything was fair game except this one tree. So what did Satan do? He got them to focus on that one tree that they couldn't have. God wants us to be thankful for all that we have and to not be distracted by all that we don't have. And that is just how sly the devil works. He gets us to think about the one thing we can't have instead of the thousands of things we can't have. And so we want to be careful that we're not given in to his temptation, his doubt. Know that you're forgiven. Know that you can have a fresh start. He has this way of shifting our focus off of joy and gratitude and ruminating and misery. You know, he's without love or joy, and he doesn't want us to have that either. And I think you know, Dr. Rhoda and I talked about this before the podcast. This is such a good reminder for both of us and for the audience, because it's reality. Yeah. I mean, we say things like, I forgive you, and we say things like we reflect on the past, but but then do we move on? Yeah, That's the hard part, because that's going into uncharted territory, right? Reflecting on the past would mean that we're thinking about it, learning from it, 
and then moving on instead of just staying in there with the regrets, right? So why in the world, another way that I like to, I like little visual pictures. And I just recently heard that the one of the best ways to teach a new concept is to use a metaphor of something somebody already gets because you get the little aha moments, right? So why in the world would we continually trip over something that is behind us on the sidewalk, right? Like we trip over it once and we keep going back and focusing on it and we trip over it again and again and again and again. Why? That obstacle is in our past, it's not in our future. Let it be where it is back in the past. We survived, so move forward, learn from it, don't keep thinking about it, that's, that's in the past, right? There isn't enough room in your mind for both worry and faith to exist. You need to decide which one gets to reside there. And I think that's really an important part. You can't do both. There is not enough. You either have a tendency to do one or or the other. Yep, yep. So let's try to think of it this way. Can you think back on everything that you carried in your arms or hands yesterday? Just think back through your day yesterday. Maybe you carried books, groceries. Maybe you carried a baby or a toddler. The garbage, if you carried the garbage out. Um, maybe you carried the food over to the counter to prepare dinner. Then you carried the plates or the dishes over to the dinner table, then you carried them back to the dishwasher. You're holding on to all those. You've got the books, the groceries, the baby, the garbage, the food, the the dirty dishes. You've got your satchel or your handbag, your phone, your keys, your sunglasses. Imagine if you never put any of that down yesterday. You just kept on adding more and more and more, piling it on. You know, and you're just like trying to shut the refrigerator door and your hands are full and you just keep loading up more. And then you wake up this morning and you still have all of that in your hands, the books, the groceries, the baby, the garbage, the items to fix dinner, your handbag, your phone, your keys. And now today you're gonna to pick up some more stuff. Oh, here goes my coffee cup. Here's my breakfast plate, the dish soap, the laundry. You would be absolutely overwhelmed and exhausted if you tried to carry all that physically, right? We're not designed to carry everything at once. We're able to set things down. But oftentimes we don't do that mentally. Isn't that so true? I mean, you, you, you give us an example and through my mind, I'm running through, who would ever do that? Right. And yet that is yeah, exactly we yeah. what we do mentally. Yeah, so true. So we carry all the challenges from yesterday or last year or our childhood into today. And we're exhausted when we do this. There's a reason God gives us time. There's a reason God gives us day and night. You know that while you sleep, you reset your stress baseline. If you're being healthy, if you're exercising, if you're getting good sleep, if you're eating right, if you're cleaning out your brain with how you think mentally and processing things, every morning's a new start. It's a fresh start, a new day. But when we're still carrying stuff from yesterday into the next day, we start becoming overwhelmed. And that's when that chronic stress drop starts to build up that's so unhealthy, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So that is the past, we can set it down. But what about the future? I love Corey Ten Boom, I, she's just such a wise woman. And she's known for saying, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it does empty today of its strength. Right? So the same thing happens if we worry about the future today. The question, what if, is a question that's driven by fear. Gosh, what if this happens? What if that happens? The comment, even if, is driven by faith. So what if someone I love gets sick is fear-driven? But instead, if we think, you know what, we're going to be okay. Even if someone I love gets sick, that is faith-driven. And, and if you look want? at your journey in life, so many times when I thought, what if, yeah. you know, I'm still here today. Yeah. So the Lord worked. provided. Yeah. And yet the temptation is to go back and say, well, what if this? What if that? How are we going to make ends meet? All these 
items instead of looking at uh, even if. I'm going to get personal for a moment here. My mother is approaching the end of life. She's gone on to hospice and it's probably not going to be a whole lot longer. And I've been just observing human nature and it is so natural, me included, to want to be able to plan and know the details. When should my family from out of state get here in order to spend time with mom? But then how long will it be? And then do they go back home and then come back? And then, you know, you want to be able to plan. We've got finals next week. Well, I need somebody to proctor my exam. I'm supposed to go to Grenada in a couple of weeks. You know, do I need to cancel that plane ticket and make other arrangements? You know, you just, you want to have all of these details. And I think when it comes to death, God just says, you know what? Trust me. You know, you're not going to know all the details. This is just how it is. And so we just, instead of saying, what if this happens? What if that happens? What, you know, that'll make you frustrated and anxious and nervous. And instead of just saying, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen and God will get us through it. And it gives, it's actually given me a strong sense of peace in my spirit because I can be very driven by planning. And you know what? This is just something I can't plan. <laughs> and the, I'm grateful The Lord for it. forces us in a yep. good way yep. to only have the option to trust. Absolutely. So oftentimes that noise in the bush that we're, we hear that we're thinking, gosh, it must be a bear. You know, you go to the very worst place. It's probably a squirrel. And we're worrying about something that really we can't do anything about. And maybe even it doesn't pose a threat of any great kind. So, you know, that anxiousness, that worry about tomorrow, it's just wasting today's energy. In Matthew 6, Jesus encourages us, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And what I find so fascinating about that is this is not surprising to our Lord. Right. He knows this is a weakness of ours. And so he point blank gives us advisement on it over and that, over again. That, that, yeah. That, yeah, that 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 couldn't be any clearer. And like yeah. you said, over and over again. Yeah. Yep. So why is this relevant for us here at Five to Thrive? Well, our goal is to equip parents and educators to help young people thrive. Guess what? Our young people are watching us and they're modeling us. They're learning how to deal with challenges and stress. Babies are not born to worry. They learn how to do it. The young people in your life are watching you and they're going to follow your lead. So what does this mean for us? Let's teach our young people that it is normal to mess up and make mistakes. When we do, we can ask for forgiveness and then let it be. Again, we model this for our young people. When, when they mess up, do we forgive them and then let it be? Or do we keep bringing it up over and over and over again? So model true forgiveness, the kind of forgiveness God gives us to the people around us. When something has happened in the past that we regret, you know, we need to see it. We need to acknowledge it. Be aware of it. We need to be humble and realize that we make mistakes and we don't have all this figured out. We need to learn from it and then put it to rest. One of my sayings that I just like to think about is an accident is not a mistake until we refuse to learn from it. Right? So all this happens so that we can learn and become wiser for the future. Also, let the young people around you see you living in today. It's okay to plan for the future and to attempt to make preparations, but trust that in this world, our plans won't always work out, and it's okay. We don't have to know the future or have it all figured out because it hasn't happened yet. As they see you faithfully steward today and trust for tomorrow, they will have so much less stress, and so will you. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one. If we truly want to teach our youth about forgiveness, we need to model it. We need to model that when we mess up and make mistakes, that's okay. Number two, when we make a mistake, model it by asking for forgiveness 
acknowledge that it happened, learn from it, and then move on, let it be. Number three, uh, along this theme of modeling, live in today. If you don't, you know, more is caught than taught. People pick up on that. And number four, trust in tomorrow. And lastly, number five, really be cognizant of when you're responding, if you're using what if or even if. And over time, if you're using even if much, much more, you're well on your way to effective, effectively modeling. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.